Hi, I'm Wayne Heinsohn, the pastor of Grace Church Australia. Thanks so much for checking out this podcast. We hope it is inspirational and it equips you to make known the name of Jesus. You can stay connected with us during the week by going to gracegathering.online. And it's really what I'm speaking about this morning. I'm speaking about waiting uh, and waiting. So the waiting in the waters of the Holy Spirit and the waiting on God. So I'm going to share firstly out of Ezekiel 47 verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar. Today I want to talk about going deeper with the Holy Spirit. So I want to share a little bit on his power, the Holy Spirit, and waiting on him. So reading out of Ezekiel 47, that first line there, then he brought me back to the door of the temple and there was water. Coming back to the door. Who is the door? The door is Jesus, yes. John 10, 9 tells us that. Now who is the temple? We are the temple. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. That's John 10, verse 9 tells us that we are the temple. And who is the water that flows from the threshold of the door? It's the Holy Spirit, yes. (laughs) Praise God, it's the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit only comes into our lives through the door, which is Jesus. And the Holy Spirit flows out of our lives through Jesus. So when we receive Jesus upon conversion, upon salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit. But there's also a baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is separate. There's a baptism. So John said in Matthew 3, verse 11, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave or carry his sandals. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus is that access point to the Holy Spirit. He is the only way. For the Holy Spirit is in fact the spirit of Jesus. It's the spirit of Jesus himself. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. So let's get back to Ezekiel 47. I'm going to read from verse 3 to 5 now. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my ankles. Again he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my knees. Again he measured 1,000 and brought me through, and the water came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. Church, the water, the Holy Spirit, I've seen it. It's been up to our ankles, 
And I've seen it week in and week out in the Spirit. I see the Holy Spirit like this beautiful river up to our ankles as we walk in here. And it's beautiful because it's the presence of God. And, you know, it reminds me of who doesn't love walking on the beach and you walk along the water and you go in ankle deep and it's just so refreshing. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit coming in ankle deep. It's beautiful and it's refreshing. But church, the Lord wants us to go deeper. It's time to go deeper. We've had this beautiful presence of him ankle deep, but he wants us to go deeper with him. And it's time to go deeper. And you know, there's no such thing as too much of the Holy Spirit. That saying too much of a good thing, it does not apply to the Holy Spirit. Everything that comes from him is good. From the Father, everything, including the baptism of the Holy Spirit, everything that flows out of the Father is always good. Every measure, every gift that he gives, every measure of the Spirit is good. So do we really want more? More of who he is, more of the Spirit, deeper waters. Do we really want that? Or maybe, yeah, you know that you want that, you desire that, but do you feel like you're walking into that? Or do you feel like sometimes you desire it, but there may be a bit of a blockage? There might be something preventing us from going deeper. So I just wanted to share a couple of thoughts on what could be preventing us from going deeper into the river because I, I believe we want to get there and I know that God is pouring out and he wants us to go deeper. So I want to talk about what may, just a couple of thoughts on what may be some of those blockages first. So let me explain that by using the illustration of standing on our own two feet. Okay, so just standing on our own two feet, that's a natural thing for us. You know, it's part of how we're made. It's natural, it's familiar. So familiarity. Standing and walking on our own two feet, it's normal, it's familiar, it's comfortable, it's predictable. We know what to expect. They're our feet, we've been walking on them for a long time. So familiarity. Another point is control, wanting control. When you're on your own two feet, you feel stable. You feel like you have a sense of control of yourself because you're on your own two feet. You're stable. You feel con in, in control. And sometimes the thought of not being in control, if you were to think about your feet being taken away, that would bring up feelings of probably fear of the unknown and the what-ifs. And the other thought is our capabilities. When we're standing on our own two feet, we are capable of supporting our weight. So these are all things in the natural that we can do by standing on our own two feet. The familiarity, the sense of control, and the capabilities. So what happens when your feet are suddenly swept up in a river? The feelings might arise of uncharted territory, facing change, relinquishing control, and not relying on our own capabilities. And church, the thing is, the Lord is looking for a church that is no longer satisfied with the familiar. He's looking for a church that's no longer satisfied with ankle deep because it's beautiful and it's good ankle deep because it's his presence and every measure of his presence is good. But he wants us to want more. He's looking for a church not satisfied with that alone. 
He's looking for a church that's not satisfied with doing church the way we've always done it and fitting it in our neat little box, how it looks, how it's supposed to be, how we think it's supposed to be because we've always done it that way. He's looking for a church unsatisfied with even knee-deep. He's looking for a church that's not even satisfied with waist-deep and how wonderful waist-deep would be to be in his presence and you know, even at Wasteep, we'd look around and we'd say, wow, the presence of God, it's, you know, it's up to here, it's full, it would feel incredible. But even at Wasteep, we're still relying on our own two feet. We're still standing. And so, church, this morning, the cry of my heart is that we would recognise that we can use our two feet, instead of standing on our capabilities and the familiar, to walk deeper and to surrender to him and give it all over to him. That we would cry, Jesus, would you sweep us off our feet? We need to be a church that admits we can no longer go further in our own might or our own power, but only by his spirit. So church, I really want us to decide that that's where we'll dwell, in the depths of his Holy Spirit, fully immersed for the glory of God, for the glory of God to come in. Can you imagine, church, how, that, how beautiful that will be? So he is ready to pour out the river. Are you ready to swim? You know, when I was thinking about this message, I, I thought of that ocean song from Hillsong. Um, yeah, I remember when that came out and everyone loved it and I felt like it was everywhere. But, you know, I was looking at the lyrics and I read it. It says, take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Saviour. What does it mean to be taken deeper than our feet could wander? You know, we've, we sang it, but really, did we understand what it means to go deeper than our feet could even touch the ground any longer? So in Ezekiel 47, it's the river, it's the Holy Spirit that flows because our feet are actually incapable of going to the depths of all that he has for us. Our natural capabilities, we don't even have it in us. To achieve that, to go there, it has to be through his spirit. We have to allow his spirit to come in and take us deeper, where he sweeps us off our feet, where we can't walk any longer in our familiarity, in our own capabilities, in our own strength, in our needing to control situations and how church looks and feels. We need to be ready to relinquish control and say, Holy Spirit, come, I want more of you, and I'm ready for my feet to leave the ground. And, you know, we actually need a greater measure of his spirit to face the days ahead. We really do. Ankle deep's not going to do it. It's not going to cut it. <laughs> Just for being in the world, you know, you need a greater measure of his spirit. And, you know, if his disciples needed it, a greater level of his power, then we need it too. And, you know, how do we, how do we know the disciples needed a greater level of power than what they had when we, they were walking with him? Well... In Acts 1, verse 8, Jesus tells them to wait, and he says, But you shall receive power 
when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So the thing is, Jesus came and he told his disciples, the last thing he talked to them about before he left was, well, before he ascended to heaven, was um, that they needed to wait. They needed to wait. So you would think that the disciples really would have been the most equipped people we could ever imagine. They walked with Jesus personally. They saw, they witnessed the miracles, the healings. They knew Jesus so closely. But even they still needed to wait for power to come, to achieve what he had called them to do. We need to wait on the Lord for the power of the Holy Spirit to come, to equip us for the works he's called us to. And that's the great commission. You know, we can't achieve it. We can't achieve it without him. And, you know, there's a verse in uh, 2 Timothy that says there is people that have a form of godliness but deny his power. And that's the denying of the Holy Spirit. You know, people can go through church life, they can have a form of godliness, they can say and do all the right things, but if you deny the power of the Holy Spirit, then you, we're not actually capable of going deeper with him and achieving what he's called us to. So they waited with the anticipation that the Holy Spirit would come. And then when the Holy Spirit came, when he came, they were baptised in the Holy Spirit and they began speaking in tongues. That was the sign that they had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit when he came in power. So speaking in tongues, it's actually such a blessing, but there is a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of contention in the church around this. And, you know, the church at large, there are so many varying beliefs and ideas around this subject, and it can be challenging for some. But it actually, it truly is a blessing, and it truly is an outworking of the Holy Spirit. And it also is for today. It wasn't just for then. And I really believe that God in his great mercy and his love is wanting to come in and correct a few things for us in our doctrine and our thinking and address a few things so that we can continue moving forward with him. So I think he wants to address some of those things in the next season and he wants to really look at what the outworking of the Holy Spirit actually looks like today and address some of those thoughts. You know, when I personally think of speaking in tongues, I think of Romans 8.26, which says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own word with God's own will, sorry. So that is how the outworking of the gift of tongues plays out in our life. We are able to align our prayers with heaven. Have you ever been in a situation where it is so overwhelming and you just don't know even how to pray and you think this circumstance is so terrible 
beyond my capability, beyond anything I could ever do to help them, and words escape me for how I could even effectively pray. All I can say is what I'm thinking, but it's not enough. Sometimes those situations arise in our life, and that's part of what this gift is for. God knows the bigger picture. He knows the beginning to the end in every situation, in every circumstance. So when we pray, we can pray from only our knowledge and we don't have all the knowledge. So he wants us to come in agreement with him and with his knowledge over a situation. Romans 8 says Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. So if he is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us, And if we are baptized in the Spirit, which is the Spirit of Jesus, and if we pray in the Spirit, which is praying in the Spirit of Jesus, we are coming into agreement with the prayers of Jesus himself at the right hand of the Father. We are joined to him through the Spirit. He's baptized us in the Spirit, and we join with him as he intercedes by the Father. We intercede through the Spirit in him. So we pass our own understanding so that we join his understanding. We come into agreement with those prayers with Jesus himself because it's his spirit in us that prays through us in agreement with the will of the Father. He prays the perfect will of the Father. And it's those kind of prayers, that's when you enter in to having all of the power of heaven behind you, backing you up in these prayers, and you see the outworking of what God is doing through the Spirit. In John 15 and 16, Jesus talks about sending us the Helper. It's the Holy Spirit. And one of his names is actually the Helper. That's one of his roles in our life. He is to help us. He helps us pray. He helps us yield to the Lord. He helps us walk out our daily lives. He helps us. You know, we don't always see the outworking of prayer right away. Let me put it this way. I think of it kind of like an online transaction. If you were to make a purchase online, right, so whatever device you're using, whether it's your phone or your computer, iPad, and you've got your credit card, and you see something you need, and you put in your details, and you make the purchase. Once you've made that purchase, you have to wait for that package to arrive. You don't have it yet, but you know you made that purchase, therefore that item belongs to you. You've paid for it, it belongs to you, but you don't see the outworking of it yet. You don't actually get to hold it physically. So prayer is a little bit like that. It's like a transaction with heaven. You have, like the credit card, You have the authority, which we have through the blood of Jesus, and we have the power, which is like, you know, what you'd purchase with on your credit card. We have the power, which is the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit, we have access to the heavenly realm to go in there through the Holy Spirit to grab a hold of our needs through prayer in the Spirit and receive them that way. We make a transaction in prayer. 
You don't always see the outworking of it. You have to wait. It's a waiting. There is a lot of waiting with the Lord, so we probably should get used to it. (laughs) But it's good. It's the best kind of waiting. And when that promise arrives, it's the fulfillment of his promises. It's so good. So when we go into prayer in the Spirit, we can carry those things that we're going through. We carry them. It's like we go in with despair. We go in with the heaviness. And we pray in the Spirit by joining with Jesus, by joining with his Spirit, and we come out with hope. We go in with despair and we come out with hope. We don't necessarily see the outworking of that prayer, the promise yet, but we have the hope of it and we know it's coming. The confidence, the faith, we know it's coming because we have entered into that agreement with him. The gifts of the Spirit, they're for the body of Christ today to be used. We need to be using them. 1 Corinthians 14 tells us to desire the gifts and that we should be asking for them. Church, have you been asking for gifts lately? Because the Father is a good Father and he wants to give them to you. He is waiting for you to ask because he's not pushy. He's not going to push it on you and say, you have to take this, do this now. He is perfectly lovely and wonderful. He is kind and patient and he is waiting for you to ask. And when you ask, he will give it to you. Everything that he gives is good. Every gift that comes from the Father is good. Matthew 7:11 says, "If you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is your heavenly Father to give wonderful gifts to those who ask him?" I feel like he's just saying, you know, Church, are you ready? Are you ready to ask? Will you ask him for more and will you wait on him? To hear more podcasts from Grace Church Australia, make sure you subscribe and stay connected by going to gracegathering.online.